to Going Mutts with the Little Black Dog Rescue Group. Join hosts Sarah and Erin each week as we dive into all things rescue, dogs, and the dog parent life. The Little Black Dog Rescue Group is a DC area-based, all-volunteer, all-foster-based dog rescue. Our goal is to help any abandoned, mistreated, or abused dog find the best possible home in the DC area regardless of breed, color, or size. We strive to achieve this goal with compassion, transparency, and a strong sense of responsibility to our dogs, applicants, volunteers, foster families, and supporters. Read more about what we do at www.thelittleblackdog.org. Welcome back to Going Mutts. Hi, Erin. Hey, Sarah. How's it going? Going all right. How are you? I am doing very well. I did have, so I thought I need a different way to say welcome back to Going Mutts because I always feel so awkward. And I was going to say, welcome back to Going Mutts. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote in parentheses, Mighty Mouse. <laughs> like, Here he comes to save the day. I think that's Mighty Mouse. <laughs> Isn't it? I don't know. I am sure. not sure, but I like it. It might be right in that generational gap, mm-hmm. <laughs> right in that little sweet spot, because I was <laughs> barely alive for Mighty Mouse to be a relevant cartoon. <laughs> right, today we're going to talk about one of our favorite breeds, Pomeranians. Uh, we have pom weenie mixes. Yes. I say it like that because yours is a mix. Loke is a mix of all of them. Yes. Mac is pom Cece's Chewini. <laughs> <laughs> so combined, you have... <laughs> A punctuality bowl. <laughs> First, an update on our pups. Uh, for me, Vita and puppies are doing so well. Did I tell you about the scary moment that we had? Yes. Uh, there are four puppies. I showed them to you guys last time. They are Fly Girl, uh, Little Bee, <laughs> Beetle, and Moth. Uh, little Beetle Boy started to act. This was like a week and a half ago. He started to act a little bit weird Wednesday night. This is the first week that they were alive puppies. Um, started just like stretching his legs out, his front legs like really hard, and then he turned his head really hard and it looked uncomfortable. And I saw him do it a couple of times and I was like, that's not like, what is that? It's not a stretch because he would hold it too long. And I, I wondered if he was having a seizure. And then Thursday morning, he was still doing that and just acting a little bit more slouchy. Uh, and Thursday midday, I was checking on him, checking on him. He's okay, but still a little bit funky, still a little bit, I'm like still a little bit worried about him. And then I picked him up one time and he was fully stiff, like whole body stiff. It was horrifying. I've never experienced this. This is the first litter of puppies that I've had. And they're super little. <laughs> the smallest one was... Uh, I mean, they're, they were, I think, a fourth of a pound. Oh, my gosh. Across the board. They're tiny. They're teeny. Uh, I think Moth just got to a pound. He just hit the pound mark. <laughs> Big boy. He's the biggest of the bunch. So I I start wiggling him because puppies, a thing about puppies is, like, if you shake them up a little bit, if you stir them up, then you can usually, unless something entirely different is going on, that's much more urgent. It is like something's happened. They're not eating enough. They're too cold, which was what was happening with them. Uh, you can like mix them up enough so that they'll go, oh, okay, and they'll come <laughs> back. So he loosened up and then I, I called Colette and I was like, what's happening? She said, go to the vet and da-da, go to the vet, Sarah. So I went to the vet that I drive by when I bring the girls to school every morning. <laughs> 
when I'm with the girls, every morning when I drive them there, uh, I go by Salty, Salty Paws Veterinary Clinic. They were amazing. They were amazing. They're in um, Yorktown, Virginia. Amazing. They saw me immediately. It, they were eight minutes away. Uh, I drove to them. I was giving him little breaths. So you have to, I had to give him, he would like kind of, this is too much, spit up bubbles, which means he's having a hard time breathing, getting breaths in and out, or at least in, because there's mucus blocking that airway. So I was giving him breaths the whole time, got there. They got him back immediately. They warmed him up. They gave him, his glucose was super low. His temperature was too low, which means he wasn't warm enough and he wasn't eating enough. And that's like that combo for puppies that are that little will make them decline. And it, it also will like, it's a loop that it, it's a catch 22 loop. Uh, one will affect the other ability or desire. So like there, if he is too cold, he won't want to eat. And if he is not eating, his body can't regulate its temperature. Gotcha. So they put him in an incubator, gave him dextrose, got his glucose up, got his temp up, salt. Vita and all of the other puppies in the meantime, Lydia was like, do you have, what are you using for this? Uh, where is this? And I was like, oh, uh, I have that in the car. <laughs> oh, I have the car. And she said, well, I, have, I appreciate that you have everything in your car with you. <laughs> so he's fine. He's fine. He's doing well. Everybody seems to be doing very well. Uh, Colette started sending me fading puppy syndrome information. Apparently this is like also a thing. Fading puppy, I think it's SIDS for puppies. That I mean, this was I wasn't monitoring and making sure temperature was warm enough, and I needed to be supplementing more. So, thankfully, there was not an event associated with this. But there's a learning curve for puppies. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. I would, I would be not very scared. <laughs> I wouldn't have scared myself. Just wouldn't have. <laughs> but yes, everybody's doing well. Oh, there's still four puppies. They're cute as heck. Cute. The, I did the insane person thing that I thought about doing before she had puppies, which is turn the closet into a dog nursery. <laughs> I saw that. I love it. I also love it. And I don't think I'm done, but the deal that I made with Nick was I won't spend any money on it. <laughs> so I only use paint that we had. I've only used supplies that we had. I, Looks pretty good for that. With the intention of making a dog nursery. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So by the time this episode airs, although not at the time of this recording, I'll have my next foster baby. So um, Feta, as we know, was adopted. I have been without a foster for... It feels like a long time, honestly. I think it's probably two, maybe two weeks, a little over two weeks. Um, but our... Uh, next Texas transport is coming in and I'm getting Harley, who's a German Shepherd lab mix, um, six months old, 30 pounds. So she will be my first foster baby that big. And um, she's a little black dog, not so little, but little black dog, which I have a special uh, place in my heart for. Can I interrupt? Uh, the first episode when you said that the you got close to adopting a little white yep. Bichon, mm -hmm. right? If she hadn't adopted Loki, she might never volunteer. Might have never volunteered. I think about it. It is all the time. totally possible. <laughs> because part of what 
drew you to us is the fact that we were the li- we are the little black dog, and Luke is the yes. little black dog. So you could be with the <laughs> white dog. So, yes, Loki, the soft spot in my heart for little black dogs. Um, I'm going to post tons of photos of of her all over little black dog social media. So stay tuned. Um, And if she's not yet been adopted by our next podcast, I'll have an update on everything about her. But very excited to have a foster baby again. I'm excited for you to have one because I miss the content. Honestly, (laughs) I miss the constant updates. I love how you train dogs. Because I think that you do a very good job of making sure they're set up for success. People get a really good sense of their trainability. And that trainability has a lot to do with adoptability. All right. We're going to talk about, we're going to add a new segment, I think, to our long frame episodes. When time allows, depending on how many dogs we have that are relevant to the subject matter. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going into like work ceremony. I can tell I've been at work all day where I just blab on for forever with words. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to talk about dogs in the news. So um, quick pup news story for this week. Um, as we all know, there's been an ongoing war in Ukraine and, you know, our hearts are going out to everyone who's been impacted, who've lost family members or friends, had to evacuate and leave their homes. Um, it's, it's a really, you know, it's hard to watch from here. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it definitely is. And I think, you know, when when we've talked about this before, when we've talked about this before as a rescue, because we love, we want to help any dog from a high-risk area. Right now, Ukraine is a high-risk area. However, the messaging and what we're, we know or what we have been honestly blown away by is the devotion of the Ukrainians, pe- Ukrainian people to their pets. Uh, a lot of what what I have seen is that despite how incredibly difficult everything is and the suffering that's going on, pets are not getting left behind. I think that the harder things get, the harder mm-hmm. that will be to maintain. But with that being said, the conversation on the rescue side is not how we help the Ukrainian pets. It's how we help the people that are there that are doing what they they're doing the responsible thing. They're doing what we want people to do when they move from one apartment to another. <laughs> Your pets are family members. So I think that, you know, it's been, a, it's truly been a testament to how pets are a part of their family. So in the midst of all this, um, the State Emergency Service of Ukraine has recognized this little pup. He looks like a terrier. I think he's a little Jack Russell terrier myself just by looking at him. Um but they've recognized this pup um, who's been helping detect bombs in the city of Cherniev. And this pup has helped detect over 90 bombs within the city, which is amazing. So I looked. Is this landmines? I Yeah, it, they said bombs. I don't know. It looks like landmines from what I've been seeing. His name is... It's not Patron. It's Patron? It's however they pronounce it in Ukraine. <laughs> friggin' adorable. And so I looked up how many, like, what's the lethality of landmines to see how many people they kill slash injure per landmine. Uh, they kill one to two people. So, like, per landmine explosion. In theory, 
This dog has saved 90 to 180 people's lives at least. <laughs> for real. That's a that lot. That is a lot. Good for him. That's a lot. And he's yes, still, still going. No kidding. So we have, uh, we're going to link some resources to places that you can help in the episode notes if you're able to and want to do so. Uh, we are very proud of Patriot. This little guy. We're super proud of this little guy. Yes. So proud of him. He's doing such a good job. Good, good boy. Good as, That's a good as boy. <laughs> good as boy award. Yay! <laughs> proud of you. Keep it up. Next work at me. All right. Uh, we are. So yes, we're keeping. We're hoping to keep this episode a little bit more lighthearted since we've covered some heavy, big hitter topics. Pities. Malinois. <laughs> First one was Yorkies, so that's... But we did have world wars. True. We had lots of war dogs, and we did include a war dog in this one. But, oh, uh, but Mac was staring at me like he loves me. <laughs> like that. Oh, <Aww>, kisses. <laughs> I, but first we will start with our catty corner and black heart moments. I, I did have a harder time thinking of mine this week, which is better than a heavy sigh before I start trying to phrase something that I've been working on phrasing for too long. <laughs> uh, mine is the cost of vetting in um, probably anywhere, but also here, I think as cost of living goes up, you can expect all prices to increase and vetting is included in that. So vetting, I mean, veterinary costs can be urgent and the more urgent the more expensive and the less prepared you are. So pet insurance, I think more and more is becoming a necessity uh, for people. It's when you have a puppy, it's easier to get. Uh, you have less of a history there. You can manage urgent costs. I think it doesn't feel like it's it's helpful from because you're paying for you know wellness appointments. You're you're paying monthly for a thing that you haven't had the need for yet but an urgent medical need for a dog is it can it, it is at least five thousand dollars it is at least fifteen hundred dollars urgently it is for diagnosis uh inpatient treatment and actual surgery five thousand dollars so easy so fast so easy all the way gone <laughs> we'll never have it back out of your life forever. And unless you have a plan, unless you have a backup, uh, you you either have to go without, you have to hope it can wait. And none of those are ideal options. Um, there, I mean, absolutely, there have been people that surrendered their animal because they can't pay for vetting, which also feels tricky to me. Um, Vita, who we knew had bladder stones before she had puppies. It was a week before she had puppies, had her ultrasound, and we were able, because she was taking a long time straining to go to the bathroom, it looked like she was pushing. Wanted to make sure a baby wasn't stuck in the way. Uh, and then she started peeing stones, so it became very clear that she had bladder stones. She has a lot of bladder stones, and two very big ones. Uh, we were hoping that surgery could wait, because the size of those are... We could not expect the, the giant, giant ones that are probably like grape sized. <laughs> there's two giant ones. And then there's like a beanbag sized amount of little ones. Like a, no, like 
and ate the okay. bag size mouth. Mouth. <laughs> I don't know how to describe this because I don't actually know how big her bladder is. <laughs> it, you can see them. They're in a tiny pile underneath the big ones. <laughs> but it's giving her more problems lately. And any bladder stone is a risk for obstruction. So I know that she's having a problem when she's straining more and when there's blood in her urine. And an obstruction from a bladder urethra standpoint can become urgently if she's obstructed for long. Uh, so I uh, talked to Springfield Animal Hospital and they can get us. She's going to have her bladder surgery and her spay on Monday. Uh, so in, you know, less than less than a week, um, which is really good because. I think that, you know, I don't want it to become an urgent issue. The blood in her urine has gone down, but it just, those stones are just moving back and forth. That's all that's happening. Sometimes she's obstructed. Sometimes it's more uncomfortable, harder to pee. Uh, I'll have to bottle feed puppies until she's ready to nurse them again, which is fine. We'll just work through it. It's better. I'm, I would feel better about her being comfortable and healthy and not risking obstruction with the surgery. That makes sense. What about you? So mine is related. Um, and I think it has to do with fundraising. Um, it's, you know, it's hard to, to ask for money again and again. Um, we know that our community is so generous with their time and with their money and with that like button and that share button. Um, but because the cost of vetting can be so high and we want to rescue as many dogs as possible, it ends up being, you know, we had Gouda who came in and needed an eye removed and then Callie came and had to have an emergency spay. And, um, we've just had a lot of medical needs right now. And, um, it's, it's something that we continue to, to need. We continue to need that financial support. And because we've had that financial support in the past, we're able to do these emergency surgeries, but fundraising just continues to be kind of a tough thing. I mean, we know there are a lot of places to give. There are a lot of really deserving places that need money. And, um, it's just been a little bit of a tougher time for fundraising the past few weeks, just trying to, to build our finances up so that we can, can, take those actions and, and get those vetting needs done before they become a really big problem for the pup. So. Yeah. I, I mean, and I'm so glad that neither one of us had catty corners right before we started recording and then immediately they were associated. It works out really like it, it yes. flows nicely, but also very, very true. Could not be truer. It is fundraising supports I mean, so when I looked at uh, other other rescues, fundraising is a huge part of how they do business. It is at least 50% of how they pay for things they have to do. <laughs> and that is not how we were operating from a fundraising standpoint. I think we were viewing the ask as engaging the community in a way that encouraged them to perceive us negatively. And I don't like... I understand that. I think that we do generally try to have a more positive outlook. But being positive and being realistic and being able to be a rescue in the future <laughs> uh, while also responsibly taking care of our dogs are associated but different things. Yes. 
What about your black heart? So my black heart moment is that I'm getting a foster pup. <laughs> I'm actually very excited. I've been really excited for Harley. Um, I don't know why. Like when I saw her, she just spoke to me. So I've just been really, really excited to have her come. All right. Uh, we're now for our episode focus. Pomeranian. Yes. Very excited. I'm so excited. They are definitely, I mean, okay, so before Loki, I didn't really know anything about Pomeranians. I didn't have any special feelings about Pomeranians. I honestly didn't even look at Loki and think you're half Pomeranian. Um, So my love for Pomeranians has come pretty much entirely from Loki. But, uh, you know, they were, or the episode is titled The World's Cutest Dog. And it's not just because we love Loki and Mac, but it's because a Pomeranian. Yes, it's because because the world has literally named a Pomeranian the world's cutest dog. So the world has spoken that Pomeranians are the best. The world is not usually uniformly right about things. Yes. They're right about this one. (laughs) They could not be right in their selection. Some general characteristics of Pomeranians. All right, we're going to do some some checking, some, like, fact-checking. Personally, though, so it's not really fact <laughs> Yes. It is experience-based for our own Pomeranian mixed dogs. Okay. So we're going to say how Loki and Mac match these predominant characteristics that are supposed to be Pomeranian-specific. Ready? Affectionate Ready. family. Yes. Loki loves her fam. All of them? Define fam. You and Evan? Yes, me and Evan. She loves me and Evan. Uh, All right. I think Mac loves me most. I know Mac loves me most. 100%. I am the person that he is aligned to. But he loves. He loves the whole family. Uh, Good with young children. Loki's generally good with young children. She just sometimes, if they're too into petting her, like too quickly, she will just be a little scared but she tolerates it very well like we have kids or we have friends with kids and she's always tolerated you know pulling and prodding and poking pretty well she just kind of gives me a look like what have you gotten me into Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I I use CC as my comparison for this one Mac is excellent with with all children strangers strangers in general including small children all they want to do is pick them up and carry them around like this (laughs) He will yep. tolerate it forever. Cece, if you kneel down to pick her up, and she's like, I don't know you, slash don't want you to do this, slash, I mean, she doesn't do it with everybody. So it's not like, I just don't know you. She'll growl at <laughs> Like, noticeably, ah, don't touch me. <laughs> if she's up sniffing someone, she might growl at him. <laughs> he chose to be there. <laughs> she chose to be there, but she's... Growling. Not having it. Not having it. Mac does She just knows what she likes. Mac won't growl. Mac is just he's happy to he's happy to be getting attention and very, very tolerant of being held in any singular way. The only thing that he doesn't he will respond over dramatically to is getting put down the wrong way. So like mm. if you're setting him down, my my daughters are woefully used to and prefer cats. And they have put him down from like too high of a point. And he'll, ah, he'll be fine, but scream bloody murder. 
Sure. All right. Uh, kind of medium good with other dogs. I would say that's true about Loki. She's very particular about her puppy friends and it's not size based and it's not breed based. It's, it's very, I, it is something that I have not yet figured out. Mac is bad. <laughs> he is, I like, he, he doesn't go after other dogs, but if another dog approaches him, he's growling, he's snarling, he's barking. He's does he's trying to communicate very clearly back up. I have said before that this is because he's so small and he's protecting himself. But there's nothing to protect himself from. He's just being an alarmist. <laughs> I don't think he's good though. Kind of reserved, but also open to strangers. Which we kind of talked about. Um, Loki is yeah. She will be nice to people, like just with kids. She will be nice to adults too, but she will not usually come up to you unless you have a treat. If you have a treat, all bets are off. She will be there. But she's just not... She has, like, her people and the people she's comfortable with, and she's not going to want to, like, be a stranger's best friend. Like, people in the dog park will try to come up to her, and she'll just be like, no, thank you. (laughs) Mac doesn't go to the dog park because he's too small and looks like a squirrel. (laughs) And I'm afraid he's going to get eaten. It's probably part of the reason he's only bad with other dogs. <laughs> he's mostly bad with other dogs. Uh, I think that he's very open to strangers. Mac loves people. Mac sees people as opportunities to play or get food. Yeah. Uh, all right. Watchdog slash protective. So anyone who's listened to this podcast and can probably <laughs> literally hear her right now Time knows that Loki is... Very watchdog. Every little noise. I swear, I thought this was a Chihuahua trait. I really did. And then I realized that it's a Pomeranian thing. Like, they're very nervous about new things in their environment, like new stimuli. So any noise outside, she hears and she reacts to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Yeah, so she is very, very much that. Mac is, Mac is not so much of a watchdog. He is protective. Uh, if anyone approaches me speaking too loudly or too quickly, he will, he like, it, it's with me though. Uh, he will, like, I, it, a version of Mac you've never seen, <laughs> but they have to come at me. Uh, mm. Otherwise, like alert barking, if any of the other dogs start barking, he is escalating quickly. He will start, right? Join right in. (laughs) He's very interested in what I'm trying to say. I have no idea what I'm saying. Look at him. You're so cute. (laughs) He's very interested, yes. (laughs) All right, last one. uh, Adaptable. Yes, I would say Loki is very... I was was shocked how quickly she adapted to being with us and going to new places and situations. And you can tell, like, sometimes she's not always comfortable, but as long as she's with me or Evan, she's good she is a very like go with the flow dog really really yes she's great at events uh, she's a good representative of the little black dog as a little black dog <laughs> what about mac um mac is so i think that like mac would have a hard time being being absolutely boarded for any amount of time, I think Mac would be devastated and overwhelmed. Uh, thankfully, we've never had to do that. 
Vac is small enough that I, if, even if places say you can't bring them here, I'm like, mm, but you can't see them or here. So <laughs> there you go. I can only get in as much trouble as you can detect that he is present and I can not just leave the place that I'm in. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I don't know that he would do well in a new space. I think environmentally he has a harder time when the space changes. I think as the person that he is definitely not as the person that he's definitely aligned to, it's harder for him when I'm not around for a long time. Nick has told me that when I, if I don't bring Mac with me to Hampton and I don't usually, so when I'm with the girls for uh, 10 days a month, if I don't bring him with me, he just stays in the bed all day in his bed in the dining room, which is where Poor all baby. the dogs go to sleep when people come up to the, like when they're coming in up to the house. So he's just and, waiting. Well, that's what he said. And I'm like, that's, but it's not because of me. And he's like, I think it is. It could be. <laughs> makes me feel horrible. But I also know that when I've taken him to the house in Hampton, he, like, I have to take him any other place I go because he gets very anxious being left there. He yeah. doesn't know the space. If he's there by himself, he doesn't know how to cope. He's great home alone during the day, but he knows what to expect. Sure. Those were, ex okay, so a couple of my own. Exceptionally cute. Scale of zero to ten. I don't even think there's a number that explains how cute Loki is. More than 100%. Yes. <laughs> she's just, it, she's... She? She's smart, but stubborn, so it's hard to tell, right? Isn't that yeah. <laughs> yeah. She is very, very smart. She does well with her puzzle toys. Um, she enjoys puzzle toys, but she's, yeah, super, super stubborn. Mac is the cutest. Mac is the cutest. I am the uh, old person that is using all of the old, like, TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> In case we needed proof of it in the moment. <laughs> TikTok. Instagram <laughs> sounds that everybody's used for like months already and are not cool anymore or fun or new. But I'm like, this is applicable now. <laughs> I've heard this a couple of times and it's applicable. If I've heard it a couple of times, it means it's been around for entirely too long. I know this because my children tell me. <laughs> oh my gosh. They're I'm sure I'm the same. Like it's honest, at least. <laughs> I don't need to be cool anymore. I'm cool in my own right. <laughs> what I tell myself. Exactly. That was so, it. I had the one cutest question. <laughs> okay. So the American Kennel Club says the Pomeranian combines a tidy, tiny body no more than seven pounds, and a commanding big dog demeanor. I disagree with the no more than seven pounds, because those old Pomeranian pictures, they look like they're 15 Oh, pounds. yeah. Yeah. So when I was reading, it actually looks like they used to be larger. And, and honestly, like where they like split off between like the German Spitz and like other Spitz dogs and Pomeranians is actually very unclear from what I was reading. Like, it's like people didn't know what to call Your them. It started and Pomeranian began. <laughs> yeah. No one knows. <laughs> no one knows. A dog, but it's a big, fluffy, different drive yeah. Pomeranian 
not as adorable. Like their cuteness affection level, I think is different. I think, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about Spitzes. I don't know a ton. Um, when I, what, what did I see? Um, they were, I think they started or like they came from like Arctic working dogs. So like Spitz like dogs working in the Arctic. And I was just envisioning Loki working in the Arctic. Does Loki like the snow? She hates the snow. Mac loves she, the snow. We will, Mac loves playing fetch also. So Mac, or. Oh, Loki does too. Mm-hmm. Nick will make a snowball and throw it. <laughs> Which is very confusing for a little bit until like when Mac chomps down too hard on the snowball and it goes away. <laughs> but it's funny. He's like, where did it go? Yeah. Mac loves the snow. Yeah, Loki liked it. Her first snow, she did okay. And then it was after that, she's like, figured out, no, thank you. So she, it's like rain for her, only slightly better because I think it's more solid and not as wet. She just hates to be wet. So she hates snow, hates rain, doesn't like heat. Like, we'll go on a walk in the summer and she's like, I need to go to the air conditioning. She'll, She'll like try to walk into every doorway we pass because she knows there's air conditioning in there. Like... She may have come from the streets at one point, but this dog is, like, not equipped for. <laughs> she adapted fast. <laughs> she did, adaptable. She, yeah, she's done. So, adaptable and bougie at this point. <laughs> exactly, yes. So. Standards. Me too. I don't like the heat. I'll take the cold any day. Mac hates the heat. Hates the heat. Won't, like, can't handle a walk. I think being a black dog, honestly, I think being a black dog contributes, like, their heat. It does. They absorb yeah. it faster. They're small and compact, but it's enough. Yes. So they're described also as being smart and curious, energetic, feisty, and bold. They're um, typically very playful and love to be the center of attention. All true. All very, All true. very, very true. Um, one of the... <laughs> More to say about it. One, one of the funniest things I found when I was researching was that uh, one of the first suggested questions when I Googled Pomeranians was, do Pomeranians have attitudes? Which I thought was really <laughs> hilarious. I, think I Googled this question. <laughs> because, I mean, she does. She has a lot of attitude. And, like, I don't – I feel like all three of her breeds have a lot of attitudes, so I'm not sure where it, like – I mean, she's half Pomeranian. Just herself, but like, too, though. She's just, she's just herself. I just thought it was funny because I was like, this really, I feel like this just sums it all up. So I, I can't remember if I've asked this before or not. Have Do you think, I have found that dogs tend to adopt the qualities of family members. So like when I was growing up and we had Jack Russell's. We had this dog named Dexter that when he was a puppy reminded me of my brothers and when he was an adult reminded me of my dad. <laughs> Who is Loki more like? You or Evan or neither one? Um, she's probably more like me, I would think. I would think so too, but yeah. I think the female quality, quality too would contribute to that to an extent. I definitely think Apollo is Evan. 100%. Just kind of goofy. Listens, but doesn't listen. <laughs> uh, I can't... I I don't think I'm Mac, so Nick would have to be Mac. 
And I, it took me a long time to come to terms with the fact that Cece and I are the same person, but we probably are. <laughs> it's almost <laughs> I love that. Uh, so stubborn can also be a trait of Pomeranians. I, I have not noticed a lot of stubbornness in Mac. Really? Yeah. I think I, I was shocked at how trainable Mac was. I was like, he's special. <laughs> when I, but I also like, I know personally Mac was the first dog before Mac or the first dog in my history of dogs where I just loved him and was very sweet and positive with him. I grew up with parents that were from a school of negative reinforcement. Punishment equals training, 100%. And I didn't know until I went to basic obedience training with Mac that that's not how you're supposed to do it. <laughs> you're supposed to do it. It is not as effective as just loving and being sweet. And it changed my whole approach to dogs, my entire approach. It's a game changer. And for little dogs, little dogs don't respond well to negative reinforcement. They need to be mm -hmm. positively reinforced to feel supported and to feel safe. They don't have enough room to get bad feedback. <laughs> They're too small. They can't handle it. <laughs> uh, generally, yeah. they make ideal companions and are great with families as long as kids understand they're not toys. All right. Uh, like Chihuahuas, they can have a tendency to choose a person who they are closest to and tend to prefer their core humans over interacting with strangers. I think Mac is fine interacting with strangers. I think if like when rubber hits the road, if some shit's going down, if stuff's going down, Mac is, I'm barking at you. Stay away from Sarah right now. Back up. <laughs> they, they like to be with their people. Mac is, I mean, Mac and Cece love each other. They're best friends. They're best dog friends. Mac is also best, he's good dog friends with Apollo, but Apollo's big, so Mac feels the need to correct him often, which is the excuse that I've made for Mac too many times. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and apparently continued to. <laughs> it will get him, it, like, I have to watch interactions with Mac and foster dogs mm -hmm. because he is too much. And I thought for a long time, oh my God, if another, if a foster dog hurts him, I, I will, and this is still true. If I bring a foster into the house that hurts Mac, I will not forgive myself. But Mac will be the reason for that. And poor monitoring. <laughs> yeah, Loki loves her people. Um, she has pretty bad separation anxiety. Um, she's like just a pure calm, I think. Just loves her people. Stubborn. I think we already mentioned in a past episode, she's Sergeant Stubby. That's what I call her. When she's stubborn, I know. I yep. remember all of it. I Just most of the time. <laughs> and, and she's very protective watchdog barking in the background right now. <laughs> Who is coming? Anybody. I never know. It's not important. So if far, she's, <laughs> she's scared them all away. That's good. She doesn't know why I'm not more grateful. 100% effectiveness. Hi, Evan. <laughs> Probably was barking at Evan. Uh, all right. We don't have any Pomeranians currently. Have we ever had a Pomeranian? Have we? Ooh, Not like since old. I've been there. Uh, yes, no. Which one? She was a 
palm she was a little orange palm tree mix that my mother-in-law adopted oh. she looked just like that she came from prince william county animal shelter it's when i picked this was before your time i believe uh i picked up our first bonded pair aria and isabel they were the chihuahuas one of them looked like a sweet potato she's the cutest <laughs> They were seniors. They were owner, owner surrender, or the owner died. I don't remember, and it's not exactly. Nope. I uh, I don't remember, but they were adorable. And then right before I left, they said, "What about this one? She's a fear biter." <laughs> and I went, "Yup." <laughs> and we took her in. I uh, she I fostered her. She was an unhouse trained mess, anxious mess. Nick loved her and his mom adopted her. And then like the oh. next week, uh, he drove her to Iowa. <laughs> they are ridiculous, oh, like, adorably ridiculous about their dogs. She was their fourth dog, is their fourth dog. Uh, they have all small breed dogs. She dresses them up every day. Oh, wow. But does like, holiday pictures with them also. I don't remember what holiday it was. I think it was Mardi Gras. And her name's Miss Maisel now. She was in like a green tool thing with her hair back. And she's like, <laughs> shocked. And like, I'm standing here because I know I have to do this. every day the picture. And then I'll be done. It was so cute. It was so cute. If you haven't seen her pictures yet, you have to. He's barking at Loki shaking. But I think it would be great to dive a little bit deeper into the history of these dogs. I think it's a cute, positive, interesting history. Yes. So when I went researching the history of Pomeranians, um, I, we talked about this a little bit. I actually laughed out loud when I read that they were Arctic working or descended from Arctic working dogs because I just can't what picture Loki. even do? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, so I I had a Samoyed growing up. So I like envisioned Samoyed. They like herded reindeer and stuff. But like, I was like, I cannot imagine any part of Loki ever having done any kind of like hardcore work, probably anywhere, but definitely in the Arctic. She just wouldn't, she wouldn't do it. I don't know if they were like sled dogs or, you know, hunting, but that's where they originated from. Um, they're related to the Spitz Mac breeds. Would do it in, Mac would do it in the Arctic. I don't know that he would do it in, like, the desert at all. No, Mac would not do anything in the desert except dig a hole and lay in it and wait for <laughs> night and cooler temperatures and pray. <laughs> I don't know that he'd pray either. You know the dogs that do like this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, he did this. It's very cute. It's That's so adorable. Uh, Mac is still sure Loki's right outside the door. I don't no, know where she me. went. I love you. You're not done. But don't bark anymore. Please stop. Please stop. Uh, it's Mac's turn to shine. I don't shine. know what he would do, though. I don't know what job he would, what purpose he would serve, other than, like, maybe chasing things that ran around that you didn't want there. And be an alert dog. That's it. Alert. Yeah. That's not working. I don't right. Care. So it's, it's, they've come a long way. They're related to the Spitz breeds that we already talked about. Um, and it appears there's a long period of history where they were called by other names, but then they were also larger. So the Pomeranians kind of have this very unclear history of when they became like the Pomeranians that we know today. But kind of when they started getting to that point is um, 
and, and when they were first kind of called Pomeranians was in England, and uh, they were more firmly established by the 18th century in England. Poms were a favorite of English royalty starting in the late 1700s, right? Yes, yes. And I have not watched Bridgerton. I'm behind on the times. And, um, but apparently the real life Queen Charlotte is portrayed in Bridgerton along with her two very real Pomeranians named Phoebe and Mercury. And technically the real Pom fan in the royal family was Queen Victoria. She ruled from 1837 to 1901. I just knew this off the top of my head. No, I didn't. <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. Erin did research. It's written down. That's how I know. She fell in love with Pomeranians in 1888. Uh, or that's what's told. It's roughly around there. She brought Marco, Gina, and two... She's not Italian. <laughs> two other poms into the royal household. Uh, I love that she, like, went to a place. She met a breed of dog, and she's like, I must have them. Yep. Bring them back with me. And then at some point she has 35, which is borderline hoarding. It's, yes. You can't have that many dogs. You can't can't have that many dogs at the castle. <laughs> or wherever they kept them. You can't. <laughs> yes, they said royal kennels, which I don't know. I mean, I guess that... The royal breeder that's what that sounds like to me. yes it's uh too yeah. many to sound responsible at the very it's thing. a lot of dogs uh when she died she requested that her beloved pomeranian turry be brought to her side and she made pomeranians fashionable a fashionable toy breed in england i can 100 like any singular dog shrunk down i'd be interested in <laughs> i like them little I think it's cool to have a big dog, but I'm not good at managing big dogs. I like it takes the right kind of big dog for me to manage it. And I because I have a little dog approach to dog management, period. That's where I've been successful is with my loving little dog approach. <laughs> so if a dog needs that despite their size, I can do that. But like Apollo takes a different different uh, approach from like if when I am telling him what to do, he takes a sterner tone. I had to train myself back into a sterner tone. Apollo, go lay down. <laughs> he will go lay down. Apollo, go lay down. Go lay down. Not Apollo doing dead. anything. Nope. Walking away from me. <laughs> Love so it. I I appreciate that she made them fashionable. There is a painting that I saw of like this orange, bright orange, puffy Pomeranian standing on a table. I think it was Marco, but I don't know. I think that. it is Marco. Yeah. Gina that was white. His meal. The, like, house staff had to make the dogs special meals. Sir, I guess serve them on tables. I don't know that they had to, but they certainly did serve them on a table. And it had, like, the silver cover thing off to the side. Don't know, like... I mean, there's a distinct possibility that paintings from that time are just Instagram photos. So <laughs> could certainly not be representative of what was actually happening. But it presented, you know, it painted a picture of a lifestyle for a Pomeranian that 
seems suited to the disposition and expectation and I love I, I love their background. I love that this is a queen dog. I don't know how queens pick their dogs. I think it's funny that corgis are the other ones that they picked. My sister has a corgi. I have a pom. <laughs> there you I'm go. There. I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> Obnoxiously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Pomeranians are also famously known for being two of the three dogs to survive the sinking of the Titanic. This is new information to me, and that's incredible. How? Do you know how? Uh, I believe their owners brought them on. Their owners were all affluent. I'm pretty sure because it was expensive. <laughs> yeah, they they were probably the ones that made it on the lifeboat because it was very expensive. Apparently, it was the same cost as a child to bring a dog on board the Titanic. So you had to be rich to bring a dog. So they everybody was pretty wealthy. Titanic unless you were working on it, right? This is from the movie. Yes. The this, yeah, I mean... Reality movie. <laughs> my Evan is actually, was actually into the history of the Titanic. He'll probably listen to this episode <laughs> and want to, like, yell at me for being historically inaccurate and basing it on what I remember from the movie. But, um... Yes, yes. I, I do know, and Evan has told me this before, so I know this is true... There were Pomeranians that survived the Titanic. The third was a Pekingese, which is also kind of like a little tiny, fluffy, likely descended from royalty mm -hmm. pets dog. Yeah. Yeah. They cute ugly, though. They are. They get a cute ugly vibe. They're still cute, but it's an ugly cute. <laughs> I think Cece's part Pekingese. I have to do a DNA test on Cece. She's got it a little underbite. Could be. It could be. <laughs> That's it. That's the only reason. <laughs> uh, there are a number of famous internet poms, too. I think the most well-known one was Boo, who was so cute. <laughs> so cute. He unfortunately passed away a few years ago, but he was named the world's yeah. cutest dog and could not agree more. Couldn't agree more. It's really no wonder that these dogs have been so popular over the years. I'm obviously biased, but their small size, plus their cute personalities and their love of their humans, make them a really great companion pet. I am not surprised that we don't have more rescue ones, if I'm honest. Uh, I do think that, like, of the places you could expect to find a Pomeranian, I think they do fine in a shelter, is the other part. So when they hit the shelter, either they have to have a bite history, and that's why they go to rescue. Jesse. Or they have, they just don't, they don't need it. They don't need a rescue's help. Their cuteness yep. will help them. Their cuteness, their size will help mitigate any potential aggression risk that they pose to people that walk in off the street and want to adopt them. Prince George's County has some very adorable Pomeranian mixes regularly. So... Uh, Prince George's County Animal Shelter, if you're looking for a Pomeranian that is up-to-date on vaccines, needs a home, and is not thousands of dollars, if you want to rescue a dog <laughs> instead of buy one from a breeder, definitely do that and look at Prince George's County Animal Shelter. We don't get enough for me to tell you to keep checking with us. <laughs> I wish we yeah. did. We don't. They don't need our help that badly. <laughs> they really don't. They're adorable, they're little, they're puffy, they're happy, they're trainable, but it's not a, a pronounced quality that they have. 
Mac did so well with training. So well with training. Loki was, was like, little. I'll sit, but if you want me to do anything else, just give me the treat. I'm not going to do it. That's, I feel like that's her chihuahua, but only because this is a persistent quality between her and Cece. And Mac learned tricks. Cece learned tricks because she couldn't stand yeah, Mac Loki getting all the treats. Sits, sits pretty. And she came pretty much house trained and like she's very well behaved generally, but I've tried to do paw and things like that with her and she's not having it. She's like, I am not, I am not. (laughs) See, the only other one she learned was paw. She can sit and she'll paw. I think she might know touch, but I don't know that she's doing it with intention. All right, as we wrap up, you want to tell us about our upcoming events? Yes, so just a few updates for everyone before we sign off. We'll have an adoption event at Port City Brewing in Alexandria on April 23rd. That's a Saturday from um, 1 to 4 p.m. Stay tuned for the puppy guest list. We'll have that closer to the date of the event. We also have puppy yoga on Sunday, April 24th at District Dog's new location in Northeast D.C. And you can find tickets and more information on Facebook and in our episode notes. Thank you. We have so many puppies coming. So if you have not looked at our website yet, if you're listening to this podcast, you've, you're almost certainly <laughs> looking at us in other places. If you were for the first time ever hearing about us via this specific episode of the podcast, please follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, tell your friends about us. Go look at our adoptable pups because there's going to be about a million puppies. It is puppy time. Springtime. It's new life. Everything's blossoming and growing. Puppies are included in that. <laughs> we hope you are still enjoying going mutts. If you are, please follow, rate, and review. Our goal is to get the word out about rescue and our dogs, and we can only do that with your help. Uh, if you want to check out all of our adoptable dogs, go to thelittleblackdog.org. Again, that is thelittleblackdog.org. We are a D.C., Maryland, and Virginia-based rescue. If you've hit Connecticut, you've gone too far. You can also sign up for our email list and become a monthly donor. Please, Erin. Please. please. <laughs> Say it again so I don't do it on top of you. Please. 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 Uh, until next time, from the bottom of our little black hearts, thanks for hanging out with us.